When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. The Pittsburgh Steelers, well, they take on the Cleveland Browns on Monday night, but there are plenty of headlines surrounding, outside, and of former players that, I mean, have made this one wild week in the news of the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a beautiful fall day. Every day it's getting a little bit more crisp outside. You got to love it. We'll dive into all the game action, all the headlines, all the roster moves that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made over the last 28 to 48 hours. But first, how you feel, my friend? You know, I think you hit the nail on the head. This has been kind of a weird week. I think on both sides of the, the practice facility down here in the south side, it's the vibes are a little little low right now just after yeah. after week uh, like it's week one week two for Pitt, but week one for the steelers like it's people don't feel good right now i think about their about their respective football teams no nah, no nah, it's uh the city of pittsburgh needs a win they need yeah. a win uh they need a win real bad i was saying before the show i don't know is pick gonna get one in west virginia is that gonna be a thing is they gonna kick off the weekend and really if they lose and the Steelers lose. How bad can this? Like, is this as low as the city can get? Yeah, the Steelers, the city might burn if both teams lose this weekend. Because especially, like, I, I didn't kind of put this together, but it's it's West Virginia and the Browns. Like, yeah, well, rivalry weekend here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is. It's go zero and two, and yeah, the city might never recover. This is that'd be no. tough. They need they need some wins. Good thing, you know optimistic uh, or optimism in every facet for both teams. I feel you know West Virginia. Terrible team. Shout out to all the West Virginia fans that uh, cover the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pitt Athletics. And then the Cleveland Browns, question marks, but I think a huge part of this is their offensive line got banged up and TJ Watts coming off a three-sack game. And Kenny Pickett, I don't think I've ever seen him struggle like that twice in a row at least. So, where things go are, up? yeah, things are, things, are, things are looking up. Let's dive into some moves that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made in the last 24 hours, they put Cam Hayward on IR at closing or shutting him down for at least four weeks. He could return in four weeks. It, it, the timetable right now seems more like eight plus. There have been some worries about whether or not that's going to go longer. Core issues when it comes to offensive and defensive linemen are iffy just because they are such big humans. And that's a lot of weight and a lot of power that you're going to put on those muscles. But he'll shut down for at least four weeks. They'll take it from there. They elevate Des Fitzpatrick from the practice squad to the active roster. He'll hang out for as long as needed. It probably means Deontay Johnson, who isn't on IR, might not go on IR. But at the same time, they are preparing to have another wide receiver take his place for the time being. And I think the Braden Fajoko thing, which was the biggest argument of that was the expectation. People thought Braden Fajoko would get called up over Des Fitzpatrick and then Des Fitzpatrick would replace Deontay Johnson would become 
I guess disappeared, but the argument is the Steelers have seven defensive linemen they don't necessarily need to bring him up full-time. They could elevate him for three games before they have to sign him to the active roster. Could give them time to kind of figure out their rotation there. Anyways, Des Fitzpatrick gets the call up. Your thoughts? Is this a piece that's uh, going to get added to the puzzle and maybe utilized a little bit? No, I don't really expect it to. I mean, I, I like Des. Des had a good camp. Um, you know, I don't. I don't really see him as a great, you know, special team or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think he's a good receiver, but this is just filling out depth. This is break glass in case of emergency. Um, you know, that's a, you make a good point about they have plenty of defensive linemen. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit before jumping on, but Fajoko probably does get called up, you know, by the, by the time before kickoff and for the game. Um, but Fitzpatrick seems like the right move at this point for the Steelers right now over over Fajoko just because you are so much thinner at receiver. Um, you know, Calvin Austin will get more chances to actually play some offense and maybe Gunner uh gets some chances as well. Uh but Dez I think is a little bit too low on the on the totem pole to really get a real opportunity as of right now. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, it'll be a lot of special teams play, but I do think it adds an outside option, which was my biggest concern. You know, if you were going to lose Deontay Johnson, I expect Calvin Austin to play on the outside. I expect him to be, to be able to do things. But Gunnar Olszewski is strictly a slot guy. Miles Boykin isn't a name that you necessarily trust all the time on the outside. You want options out there. Des Fitzpatrick's a good one to have. I don't expect him to suit up on Monday night. I expect him to be inactive, and then Gunnar will be active instead um but he'll get more reps and I, I thought des you know des impressed during the the training camp and during the preseason you know he wasn't always super active on offense but i thought he was a really good special teamer i thought he did make some catches during training camp that put him on my radar at least there were times in my 53-man roster that i had him over miles boykin so i do think the potential is there he's a former fourth round pick like this guy's done things in the nfl i think it's a good move for the Pittsburgh Steelers, when it comes to Fajoko, I agree with you. Like I, I anticipate he gets called up on Monday night. I don't think he plays. Like I think he could be the same boat where he gets called up and then he just kind of hangs out, maybe plays a little bit of special teams in the middle. Or, or he's a guy. He makes sense to me, but the Pittsburgh Steelers don't seem to have the same thoughts on Braden Fajoko as I do, or maybe we do. Whereas in this guy's a run stuffer, and you know he's had some good games in the past with the Chargers, but. Apparently, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't see that this guy's, you know, worthy of a roster spot or even a call up. And they're going to run with Montrevious Adams. And I think Fahoko makes more sense against Nick Chubb and company. But if Mr. you don't Chubb. think he's that good, Mr. Chubb, but if you don't think that uh, if you don't think that he's that good, you know, you're not going to put him out there. Whereas in Fitzpatrick's a guy that you'll have him on, you'll have options on who you're going to keep active and who you're going to make an inactive, a healthy scratch on Monday night. And, you know, maybe you don't have to call Fahoko up if he's just going to sit on the bench anyways. You know, that that's kind of how I view those things. Yeah, which I'm kind of, you know, I'm surprised by that, too. Like you said, the Steelers clearly don't view Fahoko in the same way that we do. And I thought he was really good during camp. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know. In, in a lot, Like, I think there were some, I, there were points where I thought, like, oh, he deserves a 53-man rush spot over, like, Montrevious Adams. Like, he, yeah. he's just plainly, like, played better than him. Um, but I also want to go, so you think, uh, Calvin's going to play on the outside more? Is that you don't think that they will kind of bump Allen Robinson outside and play Calvin in the slot? No, I kind of think that Calvin, because Calvin was an outside guy in college. Like he didn't, he, he played way more outside than he did on the inside. Robinson, I think, is limited with his athleticism right now and his age and his injuries and everything. 
that I think he suits best is just like a, a big body open receiver in the middle that the Pittsburgh Steelers like to have. Whereas in Austin, you know, Austin's as fast as they come. He's a go route guy. He could also, he's super twitchy. He could run really solid routes. I think you could utilize him somewhat in the same degree that you utilize Deontay Johnson as that X. I don't know. He's clearly not going to be as good as Deontay Johnson in right. the X, but I do think that he offers that versatility more than Allen Robinson does, which is what they're going to utilize him for. If I had to take a guess, like I actually picked him up on both of my fantasy football teams yesterday, because I think Calvin Austin's going to be like, I don't know if he'll have a hundred yards, but I think he's going to be like a six, seven catch guy. Like, I think he'll be a guy that he's those underneath routes. You know, he's those, sh- those quick comebacks, those short routes. I could see him being a, a mo- like a, a five plus catch receiver this weekend. But yeah, I do anticipate him playing on the outside over Allen Robinson, just because the Steelers really like that big body in the middle. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, and yeah, he did have four catches, I think in the last game. So yeah, five catches seems perfectly achievable for, for him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I anticipate a big game. I mean, and George Pickens too, but George Pickens is a, is a He's guy. Kidding. They're just, yeah, yeah it, it's just George Pickens is George Pickens. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're if you're not hammering the over on George Pickens receiving yards every week, you're you're letting yourself down most times, most times than not. Um, let's dive into other news outside of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bad news at the wide receiver position of former Pittsburgh Steeler Chase Claypool, who might not be active on Sunday for the Chicago Bears after a really, really sloppy performance, one that was called out by everybody. I mean, guys from Good Morning Football were saying that he was, quote-unquote, sleepwalking. They didn't even name him. They were just like, you know who I'm talking about if you're watching this game. He's sleepwalking out there. Uh, head coach Matt Eberfluss, am I saying that right? Eberfluss was asked about Claypool's performance, and he said this. You all saw the plays that, and again, the perimeter blocking needed to improve for us, and we're going to get that, work hard to get that done. We're looking at all the possibilities right now. I'm not going to talk about who's going to be up or down for the game right now for obvious reasons. We're looking at all things to improve our team. Who's going to be up and who will be down in terms of the active roster? It seems that all signs point to Chase Claypool is on his way to a healthy scratch on Sunday after... I mean, did you did you watch? I didn't watch the game. You know, I don't watch Chicago games. But did you see the highlight reel of him literally doing nothing against the Green Bay Packers? Like that was the worst performance of blocking I've ever seen. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, if he was just a bad blocker, like that's one thing. But yeah. he was just not trying. Like that's the that's the most damning indictment of a player I think that you can possibly have is that he just did. He was so disinterested in trying to block for for anyone. Um, it yeah. was. It was really bad. Um, so I and I just you start to question, and I think this is something that we have talked about before. But like, does he does he like football? You know, does he like like playing football? Like, I I think that's genuinely an open question at this point. Yeah, I look at I agree, I agree. And that was the thing is we talked about him even before he left. Like me and you would get on here and we talk about oh Chase Claypool like doesn't even try when it comes to blocking and I think Chicago was like oh he's a big body he's going to be the guy that leads all the charge in these screen passes and so on and so forth and then they got one look at it and they were like wow this guy doesn't even try out here like he he could just care less I mean I agree with you I I think at this point you really do have to ask if Chase Claypool is is given a hundred percent to his football career and I hate to do that to somebody I hate to be the guy that judges somebody off of play like that and says hey you really committed to this game but there are a lot of guys out there that fight every single day to be in the NFL. I think Chase Claypool was born extremely gifted and obviously has all the measurements and the body to 
go along with this game and make it into something great. And I just don't think that he puts the work in, you know, and I don't know firsthand. I like this is all guess, but my assumption is that this guy just doesn't 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 work to get better in areas that he needs to get better in. And Chicago's had enough of them. It doesn't at this point, it doesn't even matter. Like Joey Porter Jr. could stink, could do nothing for throughout his entire career. The Pittsburgh Steelers at bare minimum tie that trade. Like you didn't lose anything in Chase Claypool. You lost a guy who progressively does not care about the game and and in a contract year like this is this is it like you don't you don't have a good year this season who knows what happens but this is the nfl wide receivers come and go like there's no tomorrow you know jarvis landry's still sitting out there in free agency anthony miller is a former second round pick he barely lasted after leaving the chicago bears these guys these guys dip all the time you know like there is nobody there's nothing guaranteed at the wide receiver position if you're that bad Maybe somebody picks you up, but they're not going to give you much of an effort or much of a chance to be one of their top dogs heading into the season. I think this is the beginning of the end. Yeah, and I, I think you make a good point. Like, he was born in such a good play. Like, he was born with so yeah. many gifts. Like, at the very least, if he was working hard enough at it, he could be a fantastic blocker and, like, a good special teamer. Like, he just has the kind of athleticism for it. Um, but he just, you know... Like, that's the thing. He doesn't need to love football. Like, that's not a requirement for a human being. But, like, like you said, there are people who, like, sweat and bleed and and work so hard for a roster spot in an NFL football team. And I think there are so many people who are who might have seen Chase Claypool play the way he did last week and thought, wow, this guy gets a roster spot over me. Like, why? Like, why? You know, it's it's got to be frustrating if you are a guy who is battled so hard for a spot in this in professional football then watch that and think well a guy who's literally not even trying is getting an opportunity over me yeah and that the craziest part there is you said like oh you don't you just have to be good at blocking you have to be good like that was i remember like chase claypool was the first draft i ever covered and he that's all mike tomlin talked about that's all kevin colbert talked about was how good how this guy at the senior bowl stood out because they just couldn't believe how much effort he was putting in on special teams like this guy was just a special teams fiend he was a guy that loved to be out there and work hard and that's all he was talking about in his opening press conference was yeah man special teams is a huge factor in my game i pride myself on it like it was all the indications of this guy loves to work hard and now it just it went out. I mean, maybe and maybe it got to his head. Maybe, you know, you never know what happens once you get into the league. Maybe it's too much for him. Maybe. Maybe he's just not that good. I have no idea. But this is uh, it's a sad it's a sad decline for Chase Claypool, one that I hope he pulls himself out of. But doesn't look uh, doesn't look doesn't look very likely. The good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's no conditions, you know, like right. they already they already took the draft pick. This is not an Aaron Rodgers situation like this is it. You know, yeah, that's. That's crazy. I I didn't even think about that. Like when, not to change the subject, but like when Aaron no. Rodgers went down, like he, that that like the, where do you come from? Packers. The yeah, Packers. they won't even get a first, they won't even get a pick because he just he won't play. Like that's that's nope. that was dropped to a second. Which I mean, and that's in the Chase Claypool situation would drop to a third. But luckily, you know, Mark Khan's like, now nah, we're gonna do this right now. This <laughs> is gonna be the easiest, yeah. easiest road in the book, easiest rule in the book, easiest trade in the book, whatever you want to say. And uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, might be getting benched again wish him all the best hope he turns things around right now not looking uh not looking very good more news and notes here ben roethlisberger's name has emerged in a very uh i don't know take it as you will headline of the new york jets quarterback situation 
speaking of Aaron Rodgers. They're looking for a veteran. Zach Wilson is uh, their guy right now. You know, uh, Robert Sala has made it very clear. They're not, they're not looking for a veteran to come in here and start. They're looking for a veteran to come in here and support their young quarterback, much like Aaron Rodgers would. Ben Roethlisberger is a name that uh, right now is, quote-unquote, a wild-card candidate to be that option, to be that veteran backup for Zach Wilson here. Two things that I think very much so stand out to me. It's been a full year. Ben Roethlisberger seems very happy. Seems like he's drinking a lot of beer on these podcasts (laughs) and eating a lot of junk food. Is he ready to play? Could he come in here to play? Do you think that Ben Roethlisberger could still play football? And two, do you think there's any chance, any chance Ben Roethlisberger would take a backup job in the NFL? No, 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 not at all. Like that guy has, I don't want to call it, an ego. I don't think that's, but like he's done too much in this league and I think has too much pride in his work to ever, yes. especially a backup job to Zach Wilson. Like, are you kidding me? Like this is, <laughs> yeah, there, there's not a chance in how he is. He's going to take a backup job. Like if he was taking one to, you know, Rogers or Patrick yeah. Holmes or Tom Brady or something like that, like I think he might consider it. He might understand it a little bit more, but there's no chance that he is. I think he has a little bit too much of a, like I said, I don't want to call it ego, but I think that's really the best word. Pride, yeah. yeah, pride, like in in who he is to to take a backup job like that. Um, and then, yeah, I think you also bring up a good point. Like, don't think that guy's in any shape to play, which like perfectly within his right. Like, he doesn't need to. Like, he's not playing football. Like, but yeah, dude, he's forty one years old. Like, right. Like, know? yeah, everyone should be drinking a lot of beer and eating junk food at forty one years old. That's how everyone's life should go. Um, yeah. but. Yeah, no, I don't think he's really in any shape to play. I don't think that's when you say wild card, that would be the wildest of cards. That is, <laughs> yeah. The uh, the other options, I don't think so. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is the one who named Ben a wild card. Uh, Blake Bortles was on that list as well. I want to say Andrew Luck was on that list as well. It really was like the wild cards of wild cards to come yeah. out here and play football for the New York Jets. I agree with you. I like don't, like two things here. So for one, the backup job. I think Ben's mindset the second that he got to New York would be like, okay, well, the, t- the clock's ticking. What do I got to go? Two games max before I'm the starting quarterback here? Like, mm-hmm. there's just, you know, maybe let's just go win a Super Bowl. But And I think if that was the case, I think if Robert Saul called him and was like, hey, man, you know, you're going to come in here as the backup, but we're obviously going to let you try to prove yourself, you know, mm-hmm. and this is Zach's job, but we're just going to say that to the media. And I think that the coaches would do that. I think that that would be a really upfront conversation to a guy like this. I think if that was the case and they were like, yeah, you know what? Ben was like, yeah, I think I could do this. I think this is a team that's Super Bowl bound. Let's let's try to win one. Let's let's see what happens. Cool. My qualms there. My worries there. The New York Jets offensive line stinks. Awful. And he's already done this. Like Ben already went out with an awful offensive line. He had to deal with that for two seasons at the end there. I would not want to go do that again. Maybe he would, but. If you're ending, you know, it's not like it got better. Like after Aaron Rodgers went down, they saw they they were just as bad after those four plays as they were during those four plays. I think he could come do it because Ben, I don't know if Ben ever worked out a day in his career. Like yeah. I just, you know, that's just drinking beer and not throwing footballs. That's just who Ben Roethlisberger was. And he's a <laughs> Hall of Famer with it. So maybe you could pull that off at 41 years old. But the leaving your life you know what i'm saying like right now he runs a comfy podcast he drinks a lot of beer like you said like at 41 like he is a retired football player at the peak you know he's got like 10 years before everything starts just like diminishing and the legs start hurting all the time and this and that and you know for right now just enjoy it sit back 
no need to go do anything. How uh, how upset are Pittsburgh Steelers fans if this if if he for some and look at me and you neither of us believe that this would ever happen. Obviously, we laughed when the topic got brought up, <laughs> but how upset are Pittsburgh Steelers fans if this actually does happen? Oh, you're livid, right? Like, because then I, you're yeah. like, because then you're like, why, why did you retire in the first place if you're going to go play for the New York Jets? Like, that's that's dumb. Like, why why would you not just stick around here if you wanted to keep playing? Um, you, you know what I mean? Like, if you yeah. were gonna if you're gonna revive your career, do it for us. Like, our quarterback stunk last week. Why don't you? No, I'm kidding. I know. Um, what if like, it does? What if that's the thing? Because Ben was pretty open about how, like, oh well, they didn't want me back after that after that final season or whatever they wanted they wanted a new quarterback and what if what if what if he's like well you know i'm coming back for the jets maybe i'd come back for pittsburgh you know give a little (laughs) phone call being like hey look at they want me maybe you guys want me too let's see you know everybody's in bad situation right now let's see if i can fix it yeah just start a bidding war over 41 year old ben roethlisberger let's let's do it yeah let's that would be that'd be pretty incredible um but yeah i don't I, I, I don't know. I don't think Ben I, I think Steelers fans would I think Steelers fans would genuinely hate that so much. Like especially if he like won and he was good. It would be war like if he stunk, uh, like no one would no one would really care. But if he was really good, that's like that'd be the worst thing that like ever happened to this. Dude, imagine if somehow they ended up in the playoffs facing each other. <laughs> that would be that would be that'd weird. Be heartbreaking. I'm trying to imagine Ben in a Jets jersey and I don't can't do it. Yeah, I, I don't think I can it that goes that up stuff there doesn't with, work out. It goes up there with the, like, I, I think everybody got used to Tom in a Tampa Bay jersey, but I think Tom in a Tampa Bay jersey was one of them. Favre in a Jets jersey was definitely Ugh, one yeah. of them. Montana in a Chiefs jersey, super, super weird. Yeah. You know, there, you could go down the line, but they're, like, I think it would be up there with, like, just, like, what did we do? Why? Why did we do this? You know, right. Philip Rivers in a Colts jersey. Oh, weird. yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah, it was gross. Like, it's just, what do we... There's just you hit a certain point where you're just like, okay, you're 37 years old, man. You're not allowed to leave. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. this is your, you if you're gonna leave, retire. Just those mm. are your only options. Rogers doing it was, it was weird. Like it, it made sense just because like it was Rogers. I think he's a little weird. Like mm-hmm. you know, I, I I like Aaron Rodgers as a player, but I think it kind of fit his personality. But the rest of them, I think Ben would go, would go right up there. Um, in terms of of weird quarterbacks to to switch teams. Where does what would be more realistic here? Okay, Andrew Luck coming out of retirement to play for the Jets, Tom Brady coming out of retirement to play for the Jets, or Ben Roethlisberger coming out of retirement to play for the Jets. Those are three names that just continue to get tossed around out here. Well, Andrew Luck is like physically incapable of playing football, right? Like he's like not, he's just not 130 pounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, okay, to be fair, you've seen a picture of Tom Brady over the past couple, like, yeah, but Tom Brady's like, you know, Tom. Tom Brady's like 130 pounds because his body hasn't like eaten a carb in 15 years. Yeah. Andrew Luck's like living in trees and stuff. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, but like Brady, I also feel like could play at 130 pounds and he'd be like, all right, like he'd figure yeah. it out. Um, yeah. so I think Brady's honestly the most likely one. Like it's also so funny that we've got like two, like, tiny dudes like ben has gone in a completely opposite direction in his retirement than than brady and luck have like oh yeah it's it's interesting but yeah no i think i think brady'd probably be the most likely one right like he's just a little bit of a freak and he like he like i said could play in a not ideal playing weight like at a not ideal playing weight like even if he's not totally in shape like he's the one i think best suited for success after taking 
Has it only been a year? How, how long is he? Uh, no, he. I think Brady's a year. Yeah, it was the, well, no last year. No, yeah, he played zero years. Yeah, he stunk it up in a in a playoff game last year. He um, did. I remember that. Um, he did. He did. Yeah, that's um, a good moment for you, probably. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. Like that would be funny if anyone like flopped in a playoff game that bad. But he was. But the fact okay, that okay, so him you was... have you have firsthand experience here. This is actually really good. So you have firsthand experience of what this is like. For everybody who doesn't remember, as we bring it up constantly, Stephen grew up a New England fan. Gross. Watch Tom Brady leave, go to the go to Tampa Bay, okay? Say Ben ends up in New York, ends up in the playoffs. Are you rooting for him or are you rooting against him? Like, what is what was the mindset there? You uh, enjoying that he flopped or are you like, ah, kind of wish that he pulled this one off again? Well, so I enjoyed watching Brady, fit, like, lose. Like, that was, as soon as he left New England, I was kind of rooting against him. I was never, like, uh, like, he was good for the Patriots and I, like, liked him. But I think I liked him pretty much only because he was a Patriot, you know, like, okay. I didn't, you know, like have some kind of great appreciation for him. Like just as a player, I think, you know, whether I think it's, you, it's weird, but God, I'm listening. Oh well, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, Greatest quarterback so, of all time, but God, keep going. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have, a, I have an appreciation for that, but I wasn't like, Oh, I love, like, I love Tom Brady. Like he's my favorite player. Like, it, mm. you know, as soon as he left, as soon as he got out of that Patriots jersey, I was kind of like, okay, that's done. And then he was just kind of, he was what everyone else sees Tom Brady as, you know. I think yeah, spe- stinks. especially after he won that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, I was kind of like, all right, this is this is someone like when they did the the Brady retirement thing last week or the yeah the the like they honored him at the Patriots game la- last week. I was kind of yeah. like, okay, sure, like cool. Um, I wasn't really, I don't know, I wasn't like shedding tears or anything. Um, it was. So, I, I, but I think Ben is different, you know, like, I think Ben has, I don't like, I think Ben has a much closer emotional bond with Pittsburgh than yes. Tom had with New England. Like Tom just won there. And I think that, that earned him a lot of, earned him a lot of love there, but he, I don't think he's like a, is he's there like any a emotional connection guy. in New England? Like does New England, cause like your head coach is Bill Belichick, who's the least emotional human being on the planet. Right. You're in Boston. Who's just a bunch of loud non-emotional humans what like is there even a do you guys even know what emotional connection is like do you have <laughs> is there anybody who's like oh man that guy well oh, yeah that guy. i mean there are plenty of like you know david ortiz was that way like everyone loves that guy um yeah david ortiz is true yeah but he's yeah yeah but like brady was just not brady was good you know like brady's yeah. brady's reputation was built on his football not necessarily like oh he's this huge like giant in the community like he's some yeah big yeah, pillar of like you know boston society yeah. or whatever like no no one thinks of him in that same way whereas i think yeah. ben has a little bit of a different pull in pittsburgh and so if he's not playing the steelers you might i think be a little bit more inclined to actually root for him and, and pull for him yeah okay, i agree with that i agree with that yeah that last game that ben was at that last home game against the browns i've never seen a steelers crowd better than that one so mm-hmm. i i see where you come from i agree i agree all right let's move on from ben roethlisberger hopefully uh forever so that he doesn't have to become a new york jet but we'll see what happens <laughs> let's talk about the, the cleveland browns show up on monday night pittsburgh steelers all in one cleveland browns one and oh coming off a very impressive win over the cincinnati Bengals. shut down joe burrow i think people are using that everybody and their mothers using that as an excuse to why the pittsburgh steelers should not panic right now i think it's a good argument but at the same time every team's different every week's different this is week two football becomes real the wonkiness is behind us you look at the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, obviously the biggest names to come to Pittsburgh on Monday night. 
what are your or what is your key to victory in this in this ball game for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I think it kind of falls on the defense, um, and I think you got to make the Browns one-dimensional. Um, I think you got to force Deshaun Watson to make some plays. Like you're not going to, you're not going. You got to limit Nick Chubb. Like you're going to, he's going to get his. Um, he's mm-hmm. going to go for at least you know sixty yards and a touchdown. But if you can do enough to to limit him and force Deshaun Watson to make some plays, I think that's where you can start to really take advantage of that offense, and then. Make make life a little bit easier on your offense, which is struggling right now and has been struggling, I guess, for a while. Um, yes. So, but I think the offense is going to come along quite honestly. Like I have a lot more faith in their ability to put some points on the board this week than the uh, than the defense's ability to keep points off the board for the Browns. So I think it kind of all. I think the defense is really going to tell the it's it's Pittsburgh's defense versus Cleveland's offense that is really going to tell the story of this game. It's going to. Yeah, I I agree. I, the defense obviously huge. The inside linebackers I think are huge. The defensive line, how you overcome Cam Hayward's injury, huge. Just like I agree with you, like shutting down Nick Chubb is as hard as it gets in the NFL. And if you do that, you gain a huge. Because I just don't have faith in Deshaun Watson right now. I just yeah. he's shown me nothing. He didn't look good in Week One. At no moments have we been like, oh, Deshaun Watson's back, man. This is. Look at this guy. No, and I don't think he'll ever be back. Like, I think you take that much time off of football and you deal with everything that Deshaun Watson had to deal with or put himself through. You have a really low chance of bouncing back and being the player that you were before all that. I think Deshaun, just like you said, like you put the ball in Deshaun Watson's hands. You say, hey, Deshaun, you got to go win this. I don't think that I think the Steelers walk away with a victory, but shutting down Nick Chubb is as hard as they come like that is. That is as difficult as it comes. Um, just to add on to your defense here, Dwan Jones said that he uh, he sees that T.J. Watt likes to open his chest up a little bit when he's rushing off the edge, and he thinks that his length is six, eight arms, 36 and a half inch wings or uh, arm length, whatever it is, has the ability to kind of give him a little hit, stop him, slow him down a little bit. Sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think we'll see what happens there, but I think TJ Watt's huge in this one. You know, yeah. like I think I, I think stopping Nick Chubb it goes to the middle of the field more, but when you're when Deshaun does drop back, like if TJ could just be an absolute monster over there and just give him no help at all, you you know, you you take such an upper hand in this game. You know, you've 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 essentially removed their quarterback or you force them to find a way to double team TJ Watt and then you got Alex Highsmith on the other side and that's you know yeah. not ideal for anybody. So I think that would be uh that would be huge. I do agree. I think the defense is so big in this game and it's going to be a defensive battle. I'm actually very excited to see what they can do against Nick Chubb just because last week Christian McCaffrey is a different animal. You know, yeah. like it's you got to worry about Christian McCaffrey 100%, but when they ran up the middle with Christian McCaffrey they they didn't have like all the success in the world. They did at times, but at other times they were like the 49ers kind of struggled when you bounced it outside. It was huge when you started working the play action. And when you started, you know, it, the passing game is what was really the killer. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, Oh, go ahead. No, finish. No, it. No, go ahead. Um, well, like, I mean, the Browns don't have a Brandon Ayuk or a Devo Samuel exactly. or a George Kittle that you have to work. Well, did Kittle, Kittle didn't play. Yeah. Kittle played. Oh, Kittle played. Yeah. So you've got, you know, three other guys that I think you're worrying about on top of, Christian McCaffrey, the Browns don't really have that, you know, like no. they don't like they got an old Amari Cooper. Yeah. And you keep, everyone keeps telling me that David Njoku is, is good. I'll believe it when I see it like that. Yeah. I pick that guy up in fantasy all the time and he just stinks like this. And every time I watch a Browns game, I'm like, this guy 
That's oh, he it. had one. He had one like great catch for 15 yards, and that's about it. Um, so, yep. yeah, no, they just aren't the same kind of threats. So it's, I think it's a lot easier. The task is honestly a lot easier than the 49ers making like to make this team one dimensional is a little bit of a is a bit of an easier challenge this week than it might have been last week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. My uh, my key to victory here is the running game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Get this game out of Kenny Pickett's hands. Do not. This should not be a Kenny Pickett redeem yourself game. This should not be a, you know, Matt Canada's got to prove that he's a good offensive coordinator game. Nothing. Put the ball in Najee Harris's hands time after time after time. Put the ball in Jalen Warren's hands time after time after time. You don't need 60-yard runs. You don't need 30-yard runs. You need six-yard bursts right up the middle. Keep the chains moving. Let everything, you know, work as it does. Keep the game in your in your control. You know, you control the clock. You control the scoreboard. You can win this football game. Stop making it. Like, don't put up 30 points. Put up 21 and let them score 14. And, you know, you're fine. Like, yeah. you came into this season and all summer long, we heard. I mean, Matt Cannon said it himself in the spring, and he was so pissed that he had to say it. But he's like, "Yeah, you know, any, you know, I'm going to summarize here, and I'm going to put words in his mouth." But he pretty much said, "Yeah, Art Rooney and Mike Tomlin and everybody else told me that we got to run the football, and that's the offense that we're going to run." And then they went into Week One, and they went all throughout the preseason, and it was like, "Oh no, this is Kenny Pickett's offense, man. This is this is a passing." offense and i get it you go down by 30 points or you go down 30 to 70 got to throw the football every single time uh, don't just start this game off don't let Ken, uh, kenny pickett shouldn't throw a pass on the first drive you know yeah. just hand it off to Najee harris hand it off to Jalen warren let him do their thing see if you can win it that way i think you could like you know you got the offensive line you got the running backs it would throw it once every five plays you'll yeah. be fine yeah, I love that. Like feed feed Cleveland a taste of their own medicine, you know? Yep. Like you've got the you got the horse to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Control the clock, control the game. I think that's the uh that's the biggest thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers J- just to kind of get them back into rhythm. From there, figure it all out, but they won they went on that run in the second half of the season because of their running game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, do try to do it again. Try to do it again. All right. Week 2, we were way off on this one in week 1. Let's see if we could bounce back here. <laughs> Same same line. The Cleveland Browns come to Pittsburgh. This is the first time, I don't know, in at least my time covering the team that the Steelers have been back-to-back underdogs at home to start the season. Uh, I mean, not looking great, but after last week's loss to the 49ers, I don't know what you can expect. The Cleveland Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites at Acrisure Stadium, Monday Night Football. You got a, you got a prediction here? And is it going to be better than the last time? I sure hope so. Um, I do think it'll be another tight one. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the Steelers do win and they cover. I'm thinking like a twenty-three sixteen type of thing. Twenty-three sixteen. I like that one. I like that one. A yeah. lot of defense. You think yes. there's a lot of, a lot yes. of defense? A lot of Who AFC scores? North football, baby. That's hot in the kitchen. Red hot kitchen. Painting the barn red on both sides. That's Love right. It. Um, two and a half points, man. There's. Uh, I will be honest. I will be very honest. There's a big part of me that thinks the Cleveland Browns are going to win this football game. Big, big part of me. And I don't like, I don't feel good about that. I won't put that into the universe. You know, I will not. That's not how you don't manifest things by telling the universe. Hey man, I think the Browns are going to win this, but I will. There's a part of me that is internally battling with the Nick Chubb is going to be tough to stop. That defense looks pretty okay. I don't know what to expect from Kenny Pickett yet. I have no Mm -hmm. idea what to expect from Kenny Pickett yet. Cause 
I just, you know, he just looked, he looked so bad that like, I just don't know if you bounce back from that in one week. I just don't. I think if you follow the game plan that I laid out there and you run the football a lot, I think you do walk away with a win. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers win this one. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't feel good about it, but I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers win this one. I'm going to go. Oh man. I'm going to go 17 to 14. Pittsburgh Steelers. Chris Boswell wins it at the end. It is a defensive battle. I don't think Kenny gets things rolling this week, but I think he does enough. He doesn't turn the ball over, and I think Najee Harris and Jalen Warren find their way to the end zone, at least maybe just one apiece. And then, like I said, I think Boz puts it away there at some point. doesn't have to be a last-second field goal, but I think at some point he puts this one away, and the the Cleveland Browns aren't able to do enough. 17-14. I hate low-scoring games. Like, just they're just as boring as they come but if it's a good defensive battle i'm all about it so we'll see last week uh we were a little bit too optimistic let's hope we turn that one around this week for the pittsburgh steelers like i said if they lose blame that one on me because i just tossed that one right (laughs) out there to the world to hear and i tried to tell myself don't do it but i got to be honest with everybody who listens at all times with that we're heading out of here thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of all steelers talk make sure to subscribe to us on youtube youtube.com slash all steelers talk and find us anywhere you get your podcasts as we approach Monday night football. Obviously the Pittsburgh Steelers are dealing with some injuries, dealing with some headlines. Ben Roethlisberger might sign with the jets by Monday. Who knows? Follow all that at allsteelers.com and the backyard brawl updates and whether or not Pat Narduzzi's got this game on wrap and could, could hand a hand an L for old time country roads or take me home country roads. How many, how many times have you heard that this week? It's a good question. Only twice. I think. I heard it but they've been walking into the stadium yesterday. Yeah, yeah, they've been blasting it all week at the. I think he's just trying to annoy the the guys. So like when they hear it for the first time, they just go nuts and they just go feral and they like. It is off. the worst pump up song of all time. I yeah. listen to it like just walking by and listening to it every day. I'm just like, why? How do you have any energy <laughs> right now? This is the slowest song of all time. But you know, West Virginia man can't uh, can't expect anything less as that game approaches comes and goes find all that at inside the we will be back on tuesday actually huge announcement here should have said this at the beginning of the show that's on us games on monday night obviously we're not going to do a podcast on monday morning to talk about the game on monday night much rather do a podcast on tuesday morning talk about the game on monday night so we will be back on tuesday i will be back on monday going to toss a couple of videos out there on youtube to kind of keep the content going and make sure you guys have all the updates as we head into Monday night football. Enjoy a beautiful weekend in the Berg. Nice, crisp fall weather for some football. Peace.